When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. Welcome along to episode number 98 of the Bitter Edge Supporters Trust podcast. Ronan Flanagan here back this week. Delighted to be joined by Shane McGoomagoder. Shane, how's things? All good, Ronan. Jared Connor, how's things? Yeah, cracking, Ronan. And Sean Dunn, what is crack? All good, Ronan. So this week, we will look back on Saturday's 1-0 win over Derry. We have two cases to White Hag to give away from that game. We'll hear your shouts in the shed end. And we'll also look ahead to a bank holiday double header on this coming weekend the visit to Dalyman Park to take on Bowes and then bank holiday Monday's game against Shams at the showgrounds so lads we'll start with Saturday night 1-0 win against Derry at the showgrounds suppose start yourself Magoo it's a start and I suppose it's it's what we what we called for previously yeah it was exactly what um, we were looking for a bit of fight and grace and determination and um, had all that in abundance, uh, along with discipline and um, the game plan, uh, tactically very good, all that excellent. Um, like for me, I think it's it's probably the best win we've had in the league anyway under Russell, and that's including last year. And that's like. You know, I know we've destroyed teams with, and we played great football and pretty football and everything. But I think that's the first time we ever showed that we could dig in uh, on Russell and get a result without, you know, a kind of back to the wall for a lot of the game. And uh, I don't think we've shown that before. So, um, for me, it's really, it's really, a really good sign, um, because we know the football's there in us, um, we know how we can, our teams on the break and the football we can play and. Some of the players we have going forward, but I think that, like, it's especially to the night. Um, I think structurally, like, Derry couldn't, they didn't go through the middle of us, they weren't able to get through the middle of us. I think the, the setup was brilliant, and you can see the work on the training ground during the week and everything that was done. Um, so I, yeah, it was, it was just great, great to see. I think it's brilliant, and you know, we mightn't see, we mightn't see the progress or whatever of this week. The fact we'd be down to probably the bare bones, but I think moving forward, uh, it's a good sign. And Jerry, is that a testament to, you know, I suppose that it can be done? That I know we were calling for the last few weeks that there wasn't enough fight, grit, and all, as Magoo mentioned, but it's, I suppose that it shows that it is in, it is in, within members of this squad that they're able to, to knuckle down and get, get that, that result. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely within us. Um, I suppose it was kind of like a bit of a case of going back to basics. Um in terms of like determination, fight, grit, all the things that Magoo mentioned there, and I suppose discipline as well. Um, and maybe it was a case of kind of getting back to the players that you know, uh, kind of tried and tried and 
tested players from from uh, from experience. Um, it was interesting to see that I think Hutchinson was the only new signing this season that started the game for Rovers. Um, you know, the likes of Cawley coming in, Moran going to right back. Um, players like that, obviously, Max Mata coming in as well, made a huge difference. It was that kind of that focal point up front. But yeah, it's like as a fan, it's like kind of everything, everything you want. And again, like what Magoo said, you know, we, we we know we can play lovely football, but I think the one thing that we were asking for was the kind of a, a mix of the two where you've got that determination to fight and mixed with, with the with the nice football. And I think we got that the last night. It was very disciplined performance. And yeah, it was just a case of getting back to back to basics and back to your tried and tested and, you know, um, and as a fan, look, that's just said uh, that's that's all, that's what you want. That's your standpoint, you know. Um, and I thought as well, like it was the most enjoyable game, in a perverse kind of a way, that I've been at for a long time. Because, you know, like what we said before about you know the crowd response to the team and the team response to the crowd, and I think it was a real like team effort in terms of the team and the the crowd at the game there the last night. Like everybody was just getting right behind the team and it was really kind of great atmosphere, great collective and yeah, it was really, really enjoyable apart from, as you said, uh, some crazy moments but that kind of got us going too, didn't it? And maybe that makes you more resilient then in the in the long run. And the players that we had in midfield there, Sean, you know, the likes of Cauley, Bolter and, and Barlow, they're, they're the type of players I suppose that you need in those kind of situations that were you know, they provided the platform for, for that win as well. No, most definitely. Like, I think it's the it's the right dog for the fight. Um, I think they kind of led by example and maybe, you know, maybe showing the way for, like, the newer lads that are coming in from different leagues and just kind of what it takes to get yourself out of a bad slump like that in this league. Uh, sometimes you can't play your way out of it. You literally have to fight your way out of it. And... It becomes a mental test as much as a physical test as well. And you know, going by Barlow, Bulger, and Cauley the other night, like they gave everything and they kicked off the game with a massive intensity. And it's something that we haven't seen in a while. It was going from right from the off. They were at us. We were, we were into them. We, you know, we were straight off the bat. Like, and we haven't had that in a while. And you know, we've seen that with some of Russell's um, earlier performances as well. You know, for his team performances, like. If we get off on the right foot, we're, we're hard to stop. But, um, you know, we didn't settle at all in the game uh, in terms of letting Derry settle. The sh- as Magoo already pointed out, the shape and everything was brilliant. And that comes from the lads in midfield as well because they stayed disciplined, they stayed within their job, they knew exactly what they were doing. You know, Barlow was triggering preg- presses all over the place um, and Bulger stayed disciplined in his role along with Cawley. So, you know, it's... Look, the three boys in there... Um, we're always going to be excellent. I think the biggest masterstroke of the night, though, was uh, Niall Moran at right back. I think he done his job brilliantly on Duffy, and like that, that was a tactical change, nothing more, because of obviously the how high Branafak can play. Like you can't let Duffy get into that space and behind her, you know, you'd be torn apart. And that's no disrespect to Johan or anything like that. That's just the way it had to be done. You had to you had to play your cards right on the night, and John got it a hundred percent right by. By playing Nyland there and 
you know, even he makes a cameo role as well at centre half, which he's done already as well this season against Pats at home when we went down to ten men as well, and done a damn good job at it. But you know, I think hats off to Russell for getting that right. But in all fairness to, to all the lads out there, you know, it's a massive congratulations to them, and they've shown the fans what we wanted to see now for the last few weeks, and it's a massive result. Happy birthday to to Niall as well. It's his it's his twenty oh, third yeah. birthday today. Happy birthday. He's like 2023. Uh, yeah, if he, he like you think he was older, he's around that long. Yeah. What he's in the team now since he's 17, is it? Must be hard enough, yeah. 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 Only a three or four more years for a testimonial. He'd be like the he, he kinda he'd be like the new Rafael Rafael Cotero. Yeah, but he embodies everything that's right about Slag Rovers as well, though. You know, I think Knight's a great player. Oh, he is, yeah. Well, I, I I was kind of thinking. Like you know, he's starting to play in all you know a lot of different positions, and maybe in a few years' time he could have a fish and ship shop in Carrick and Shannon as well. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, more his more his mackerel. <laughs> but he was like he had he had, a, he had a lot he had a good long stint in centre half. Like he would didn't when he would didn't originally when Nando got injured like in the first half. Yeah. So, so like he did, he and he, like, he didn't give up a chance. Like we didn't give up a chance. I thought he was excellent. So in reading of the, yeah. the 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 read of the game and stepping out in front to to in ahead of the strikers to win the ball, but eerily I thought like he wouldn't put Nile down as as you know aerial being his biggest threat. Like jeez, he won a heap of headers. Like he was he was excellent. Yeah. He's bigger than he's bigger than you think as well. I think. Do you know what kind of way? He's deceptively yeah. tall. Bit like myself, yeah. but anyways. <laughs> what are you, Jerry? Six, <laughs> two, six, three? Uh, six, two and a half. <laughs> just, just in between, so you know, just, just a half inch taller than McGill. That's, 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 that's what he acts like. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know yourself. That half inch makes all the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Tell we'll, you move, we'll move on we'll move on Ronan quick save uh, and Magoo we, you know previously calling for players that calling for players to, to chip in with the goals and Will Fitzgerald gets his goal on, on Saturday night so that, that's you know that's another positive as well it is yeah we got it for, for a change we had a bit of luck with it but look if you don't if you don't take a shot you're you're never going to score like and that's we've been saying that for weeks too like we're you know we're very shy with the on the shot count Um. But like he had a swinger at it, even with his right foot, like sure, nothing to lose. And look what happened. Got a goal out of it. And then we have something to hang on to and something to defend. And you know, it's it something like that makes all the difference. Especially like Jerry has mentioned it loads of times, even even last year. But the first goal in any League of Ireland game is so crucial. Like there's no it's very rare there's games won by two or more goals. Like so if you score first, you're in with a massive shout of getting something out of a game. Massive shout, and that's as Sean mentioned, starting on the front foot, and like we've done earlier in, in the season and game and stuff, is so crucial to to not only setting your tone for the rest of the game, but like just in the terms of even getting the result and a foothold in the game, um, like starting it on the front foot and scoring first is crucial in so many League of Ireland games. Like it really, really is. The the two games where we had clean sheets as well. Both came uh, where we won one nil. So I think when we have something to when we get ourselves ahead, 
we've got that incentive, you know, to 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 keep the opposition out. Um so I, I think yeah that even kinda even makes the going ahead even more significant in that when you've got when we as a team have something to hold on to, I think it kind of solidifies us and gives us that fight to hold on because like both games, the previous one was St. Pat's up in Inchicore and Derry there the last night. And honest to God, I think if both teams, if you put the, the 22 players out against us in the one game, they weren't scoring. Like we created, we limited both teams to very, very little, um, which was really, really good to see. So just, I think it hammers home the point of getting ahead in this league. Um, there's never going to be more than one or two goals in a game. And, and yeah, so it was great to, and I have a special mention to, to Levac as well. You know, uh, he got in some great crosses mm. and done a lot of good work and he led to the first goal. And yeah, it was brilliant on the front foot. Touch on what Jerry was saying there, just in regards to Levac, like, you know, getting on the front foot, like it might have been easier for Fran to kind of be a bit more subtle the other night, like maybe a confidence issue or anything like that where things haven't been going as well lately. But like, even for that first goal, what he inside three minutes and like he takes on Darby straight away, backs himself 100%. To go by him like and there's an when he receives that ball from Mahan, like there's an easy pass into Barlow. And it's it's still a forward pass, like it would have been it wouldn't have been the worst ball in the world. But instead he backs himself to go by Doherty and with his close control that he hasn't really shown yet this season, which he's excellent at. We seen it last year. He destroys fullbacks with that close control because they can't get in at him, they can't get a tackling. Like when he's going by Doherty, Doherty's too afraid to stick a foot in because he's gonna give away a foul. So Levac backs him to go by, backs himself to go by him, and Doherty can only go down and hope that he he can he can maybe get a touch on the cross coming in or something like that that'll go for a corner. But like even Frank, it's a great ball into the into the mix, like it's in around the penalty spot, like it's a really really dangerous area to hit. Like it's more often than not you probably expect the max to be there, but like in fairness, it lands for Will, and you know it's on his bad foot as you've already said, lads, and he shows composure though to even just get a shot away. So you know, all in all, like it is, it's it's a brilliant start. But like for Levac especially, I thought, you know, hopefully it's a good sign for things to come. Yeah, I was like, it was nearly like, um, as you said, he hasn't, uh, we haven't seen that from him this season yet. And then all of a sudden, right at the start of the game, he done it. Like it was nearly like it was, you know, there probably there was probably a bit of a, a chat during the week or stuff like that. I'd say with the staff, you could, it's just like you can nearly see it that. Straight away, his first thing was get down the line and take the the man on. Like, and I would say that that was probably a word in his ear from Russell during the week, or maybe before he even started the game. And um, worked straight. Like I thought, like Frank made the first goal, and he was he was excellent all night. Ferriston. like he had a couple of like he should have had a penalty. It was a penalty shot, I'd say. Um, once in the second half, and then he had two great chances at the end. He did really well to 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 carve out the chances for himself with the with the running with his running ability again with the ball like so hopefully that'll boost his confidence now and we can get him see him back to where he was somewhere like last year maybe or even kick on more. Yeah because Magoo like you know as you said there already like we weren't seeing it enough this season of him you know getting by players and that but like what I noticed an awful lot from Frank so far this year is he's kind of standing up play like holding him going trying to go one on one with a defender standing up and then maybe deciding to you know, trying to make a decision, then do I give a ball or then do I go by him? Whereas I always think Frank is better when he's constantly on the move, when he's constantly moving with the ball. Because he has such good close control, he can move in such tight spaces. 
he can move the ball one way or another. And if, uh, on the like nearly a full tilt, like he's he's excellent in a sprint, you know, a, a dribbling at a sprint, like whereas like and that's what you saw the other night, and he's better for it. And that's when he creates serious problems, and especially when he gets near the box. Awesome. Then well. you've seen how many penalties you win off him last year. Yeah. And if he can bring that forward now this year, like I tell you what, he give Hartman a, a job, like you know, to get back into the side. Because a player on form is what we want, you know. So, and that's what we need as well. Yeah, well, like we've 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 already we've already we spoke like last few weeks about lads stepping up, you know, not just Max, but uh, the rest of the front front lads with, with goals and assists. Like, so you'd say that was Frank's first assist of the year, was it? And and yeah. and Will and Will's first goal. So was it Will's first goal? Has he scored? Did he score no, before this? First. No, it's his first goal. That's his first goal. Yeah. So like. You know, a lot of positives. A lot of positives to come Yeah, what Terry was saying earlier on, um, you know, in regards to the us going ahead first and then not, you know, win, obviously going on winning the game and keeping a clean sheet. You wonder, is that now, is that a confidence issue or not, not an issue? Is that just a confidence thing where we do get ahead and then we trust ourselves in our shape? Whereas more often than not, when we've conceded first this year, this season, it's been from something stupid. It's been from an individual error or just something that's fucking, you know, it's not like we've been opened up or carved apart. More often than not, it's just a daft goal that we've given away. And there's a set a little bit of panic within the side and we're not fully switched on or anything because no more than the other night, like you go back to the past game, once we scored, you felt like, right, that's it. You, you, could, you, could, you may as well blow the whistle because we never looked like, we weren't even conceding chances. Yeah. So is it something like this within the side that's, you know, once we get ahead, they they back themselves one hundred percent to see the game out. Like, well, touching touching wood, like you know, um, the um, the individual errors and mistakes that were costing us goals have, have seemed to have been cut out the last few weeks. Even in the games we've lost the last week, like the Cork game, and it wasn't like individual errors or such that goal. That was a collective team yeah. bad on the team, but it wasn't an individual error like those. Those stupid mistakes that we were making that were cost us goals. Do you see, we seem to cut them out in the last few weeks, like so. Do you know if maybe we, can, a, if we yeah. maybe it was a case of overthinking, kind of. Sometimes you can overthink things and make mistakes from that, instead of just going out and playing the game as it is and being on the front foot and not being afraid to make a mistake. Like I think if you're afraid to make a mistake, you will make a mistake. Yeah, you, it's sometimes better. easier to play. Sometimes easier to play games like we did the other night too, though. Where it's, it is that you you score early, then you have something all on time. It's just fight, work, race, discipline, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it takes that that nervousness about getting ahead later on in the game out of it. You know, where you can just focus on the job at hand. You've kind of you've nearly done the hard part already. You've got that out of the way nice and early, and now the rest of it then is just see your plan through. Like because even with the shape of the side, like. All Derry's Derry don't really create any decent chances. They've well, Brandon Cavanagh has a shot from long distance, and you can have to Luke makes a great save from. Yeah, there's um, no heart. There's no heart and mouth, uh, chances for them. Like where you're like, oh. do you know? Yeah. yeah, like even their play, like it's it's just side to side, and then across into the box or that. You know, they get what is it? They play one ball in behind, and they get in down the right left hand channel in behind Hutchison, and Bulger gets the ball flicked around them. But yeah. you know, but it's a bad ball across. It's a terrible ball across. But uh, but that's about it, though. And as we can touch on, you know, for all the positive, there's a few negatives. And I suppose once again, it's been highlighted all weekend long. It's the the issue of 
of referees. I suppose I'll start with yourself, Magoo. The, a few uh, questionable decisions were made. Oh my god, we don't have we don't have our uh, usual in-house referees assessor uh, Donald Kelly to to give the verdict on the referee this week. But uh, I thought that it was one of the worst refereeing performances I've ever seen in the show against ever. And that's saying something because there's been a fucking lot of good ones, but like because and I tell you why because you can look at some referees like and they can make awful horrendous decisions, but your people are going, oh my god, that's fucking blatant cheating. Now he's he's up for fucking he wants shams to win or he wants Derry to win or whatever. And you look at it going like if if referee was trying to be uh fucking cheating or biased or whatever, like you know you wouldn't give the decision some of them gives. Because it'd be too obvious. But this fella at the weekend started off the game all right. Although he booked Niall for fucking not and after a few minutes and said to Tom, but he was he was still kind of okay. But you can see in the second half, after especially after the tackle on Budger, that the more the crowd and the players got onto him, the more he went against us. You can see him purposely giving us nothing for fucking the rest of the game because the more the crowd got onto him. It was so obvious. It was unreal. Like I didn't after he said Mahan off, I wanted to leave. I said, Jerry, I, I can't stand around and watch this. I have to go. It was like, I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I just, the feeling I had, I just couldn't stand there and, and watch without the urge of wanting to have the fence. He wouldn't slap the head of him on the pitch because he was fucking wrecking me head with his decisions. It was absolutely atrocious, some of the decisions. Absolutely atrocious. But even, even with that, Magoo, do you know how you were saying about like the more the crowd got on to him, the more he went against us? But on the other hand, when Moran got the yellow card, the crowd got the yellow card for Moran because it was right in front of the Derry support and they yeah. went fucking ballistic. Um, and I like I don't think that was a yellow card at all. And I think he would have got away with it had it been in another corner of the pit. So you'd have to question... Um, You'd have to question, say, the, the referee's uh, biasness in that regard. Like, if one crowd shouts for something to get it, but if another crowd shouts for something, it goes against the, the grain. Um, and one thing that I've noticed, um, you know, through the reaction of, of supporters of the of League of Ireland is that, you know, sometimes you might be calling stuff out and you might come across as being paranoid or whatever or anything like that. But I think I've seen a hundred percent, kind of agreement that the decisions throughout that game were some of the worst decisions that I've I've ever seen. Like everybody's in agreement. St. Pat's fans, Shamrock Rovers fans, Cork City fans, you name it. I think the only Derry, ones that didn't Derry say it were the Derry City fans because look, they know it themselves. Derry um, fans, I've seen I've seen Derry fans say it, Jerry, that they could not yeah. believe how how Diallo wasn't sent off. Really, uh, yeah. For the for the first tackle. Never mind the fucking what he should have got a second yellow. I seen Derry yeah. as a footer say it like, and, and it was interesting as well, lads. Uh, when Higgins took look, look, I I only looked back at I didn't even look at all the highlights back. Um, I, but one of the things that I did look at was the uh, when Diallo was substituted, and uh, in fairness to Declan Boy, he call, he called it out before he substituted. He was saying like Derry need to get get this fell off the pitch because it it can't go on, and within thirty seconds uh, Higgins hooked him. And when Higgins took them, you could see Higgins uh, pointing 
to several different parts of the pitch to Diallo. I, I don't know if I'm saying the lad's name correctly or not. As into the well, you done that, that there, you done that there, you done that there, and that's why you're coming off because there was two thousand eight hundred and twenty paying people at the game, right? And every single one of them um, could see that the referee was wrong. Uh, Casey got Ryan Casey got booked um, because he questioned the referee. Like it's like the quintessential um, narcissist. You know this this guy is just I don't know I don't know I just it's it's hard to put into words like to be honest. So frustrating. Like even at this stage now, when I'm talking to people about the game, you know, chatting to lads and work and stuff, they're still going on with the referee, like, and we won the game. That's not right. That's fucking crazy, like. He's not alone, though, Jerry. That's the thing. You know, this is a this is a it's a league wide problem. So it's like I've yet to see. I don't think I've seen one referee in performance that's been you know really impressive or anything this season. Like I, I just look back quickly there the other day after after the game. Like, we're in what? Round 18 of games, isn't it? Yeah. At the moment. And there's been 26 red cards handed out. I, I don't know. I, did, I never went to count yellows or anything. I just looked at reds and 26 red cards handed out yeah. after 18 rounds of game. That's absolutely mental carry-on. Like, that's yeah. unprecedented. Like, it that makes this league look like it's a violent league. Never mind a dirty league, <laughs> just a violent league. And it's the furthest thing from it. Yeah. It's, not, it's a tough league. It's a physical league, but not like that. But then, like, on the other hand, when there is a reckless challenge put in by Diallo, yeah, nothing's given. Done. Like, oh, there, there is stats out there. Like I know, I totally agree with you, Sean. That the standard, look, everybody agrees that the standard of refereeing is isn't up to anywhere near it should be. But there is an element of, uh, in my opinion, of certain referees marking guys' cards before they even get out on the pitch. Like you know that. John Mann is at risk of getting a card. You know that Greg Bulger is at risk of getting a card even before they leave the tunnel, right? Uh, McLaughlin has refereed eight games this year. Right, let's just put it into context. He's from the top Donegalish in a show a couple of miles from Derry, right? He's refereed eight Derry games this year um, and in eight of those games he sent off uh, four players. You know he's he's given some some crazy decisions. Um, so in fifty percent of the games he sent off a player that was playing against Derry. And now, how, like, and then also you go back to the game against Dundalk that we played. You know he gives a, a crazy penalty against Mahan in that game too. So in fifty percent of the games, if he's putting the opposition down to ten men against Derry, that gives them a serious uh, advantage. And also he's given penalties like what he gave against John Mahan. So. You're either get, he's either giving them a penalty, you know, you're getting a penalty against you or you're getting a sending off. It's just, I don't know. It's just... But now, like, I never, I'm known for buying into, you know, the conspiracy theories against flight rovers or anything like that. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, this not to do with you, Jerry, what you're just saying, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't buy into, you know, referees have a gripe against flight rovers or anything. I just think referees are, in this league are just really, really poor. But it, I, this is definitely a tinfoil hat moment for me is, um, that decision where a man gets sent off, he doesn't put his whistle in his mouth until Barlow plays that ball through and Frank is through in on goals. And now this is this is where I'm talking about Tim Foylat. That for me goes back to when we played Derry on Paddy's Day. And if you remember rightly, McGonagall was through on goal and 
it was pulled back then for a foul or an offside or a foul, wasn't it? A foul that never really was. And yeah. they, had, they had the goal ruled out. It nearly felt like they were levelling it up where he saw the opportunity. He was like, no, I'm pulling that back. Good luck to them. They're through on goal. No chance. And he and he blows it up then. And then until Mahan gets sent off. Bear in mind, Mahan didn't even create the foul in the first place. Mahan has pulled back. Fair enough, it's a bad touch by John and the ball goes ahead of him. But the ball lands at Barlow. And then John continues. He's just his momentum is taking him through. And great as a Graydon, I think, is hanging out of him. Graydon, yeah. Yeah. Like he pulls John back first. He pulls his arm back to try and get level with him. And then it ends up in a little bit of a tussle and the two of them go down. But it's like people are saying John pulled Graydon down. He didn't. Graydon no, she was on. Yeah. And I I'm not saying that McLaughlin has a, like I'm sorry, I'm not saying that McLaughlin has a bias against us. You know, I, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. Look, I think I'm pretty fair when it comes to referees and all that. Like, I probably a little bit harsh at times, but I'm not saying that McLaughlin has a bias against us because he's definitely helping. Whatever way about it, the stats add up to that he's he's. Derry City are getting. He's favoring Derry. Yeah, they're they're getting a lot of. They're like getting a lot of decisions in the regard. In fairness to 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 uh, uh, Donald as well, you know, like. Uh, what game was it that it he added game. up the decisions? Yeah, like it was two for one. Uh, again, it wasn't like, a dirty game, but I don't know. But again, I think you have to look at this. Why is he reffing that game? It, like, there's no other game on that evening. There's no reason for him to be reffing that game. He's too localized. Like, this isn't the fucking the second round of the Connacht Cup where you need a local referee to play it, you know, the junior football. This is a professional league. There should be a referee from Dublin who's completely impartial to that. Like, you say it there, Jerry. Like, it's not like the FBI don't know where that man's from and where he's grown up and everything else. There's no, like, just because it might make sense logistically, oh, yeah, he's close by there, you know, let him referee. That shouldn't be the case. It should be, no. It's it's it, it, it takes us long to get from in the down. It's just for fucking Dublin. Yeah, but, like, you know, he shouldn't, you know, people are probably thinking because it's that side of the country or whatever, but... It shouldn't be the case. It should be a referee from Dublin that's doing the game. Not that I trust them either. Like I don't trust any ref in the game, in this league at the moment, so I don't. But you, you'd wonder as well, though, Sean. You, you'd wonder as well, like, is I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. But you'd wonder is uh, McLaughlin's last throw me down for that one there. That's a handy one for me. Quite possibly, but quite quite possibly, yeah. You know, of a weekend 100%. there Saturday evening, yeah, that could well be the case. A hundred percent, he has has a bias. Maybe if if he doesn't have one against us, he has one towards Derry. That's that's a fucking hundred percent fact. He is, with the, even with the decisions like, even if even if John will say for that second yellow card did create the foul, he's given the yellow card, so he's basically putting that on the same level as the assault that fucking Dallow did on Bulger yeah, in front of him. Yeah. Yeah, like that's it's just wrong. And like, did, I don't know, sure, was it was it Graydon who was the, it was number twenty two? I think Graydon was number twenty two. I can have. He dived. He dived twice in the first half looking for a penalty. Both times, McLaughlin didn't give him the penalty. Obviously, he, he waved Clay on. But the fact, so if he didn't give him a penalty, he knew it was a dive. He didn't boot like he should have booked him on the second occasion. He didn't. Like he let them away with fucking blue murder the other night. After and we got penalised for the smallest of smallest of things every single time. So again, he's it's it's an absolute disgrace. So it is. Like McGoo, and we're the one who's punished. Then we we lose Bulger, we lose Mahan. 
over that now. We lose over that that attack. Like fucking Diallo should have been arrested. Never mind sent off. Like and his one tackle has cost us two players. For this weekend, there's no getting away from that Diallo tackle because like it's right in front of him. He has an unbelievable view of it. Diallo's out of control. His he's totally completely out of control. His ball, his feet are over the ball. It's it's one of the most reckless challenges. It's a Vinnie Jones type tackle from the early nineties. Yeah. Where you'd see on a Christmas DVD of bad tackles. Do you know what I mean? It, I'd love to know. I'd love to know. What... But there's no like the linesman doesn't even go again, like we're constantly on about linesmen playing no part in the game whatsoever, even been over overruled on throw ins. He's looking at it. Like he has to see it as well, and he doesn't even pull him on it. Like but I'd want to carry know. on. I'd love to, to know. stop. And I don't know what it's going to take for it to stop, to be honest. I'd I'd want to know. I'd want to know if I was Russell or whoever I think. I'd want to know what he gave him the yellow card for. What did he book him for? What did he see in that tackle that he booked him for? For which one now? For the for John Sennett? For the yellow, for the yellow's tackle. What did he book oh. him for? What, in what? Know. Like what, how was he? What did he look at it and think that's a yellow card? In what way? Because he was like, if if when you're going in off the ground and stood up, it's an automatic red card. So what was he looking at that he thought it was a yellow card? There could be nothing else that he was seeing. That would have led him to believe it was a yellow card in the rule book. Nothing. Plus, as well, he had several fouls in the game before that. You know, it was it wasn't just you know his first tackle or whatever. He'd given away several uh, free kicks before that. So, and even as going back to Higgins pointed out, bang, 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 bang. Um, yeah. But oh, it, just okay. about the ref. Just about the ref. As you said earlier, Jerry, like. We went to the pub afterwards, having a pint. Like, and the first thing we were after winning the game for the first time in four games, hadn't scored in many games. Derry league leaders at home, we win one nil with a great fucking gritty fighting performance. And the first thing anybody's talking about is the referee. And you're trying to attract new people to the league. Like, and as James Coleman said on the shout last week as well, when he was sitting down with lads, showing them, I know, is this is this crack you to be on about the whole time, like? Be the same if you were trying to bring a fellow to the league. Why are you bring me to this nonsense for like this is fucking amateur Free stuff ball. that's going on over here? But like, do you know what? Fun, funny point on that though, um, and I was thinking about it was like, do you know, like, like I think that win though, at the same time, when I kind of calmed down after uh, the thinking about the referee and the decisions and the assaults and everything that went on, but. After I calmed down, like that was probably one of my favorite Rovers performances in years. Um, like it was absolutely class, and yeah, it might have been the prettiest football or whatever like that, but it just in terms of the heart and desire and the crowd and everything getting behind it was like it was was brilliant. And it's kind of like you know, it, it makes up for all the, the hard nights where you go home depressed and disappointed and stuff like that. like Again, like the next morning, I still go around punching the air, like to myself, do you know, because um, I was so so happy and so relieved and happy for the fans, happy for the players, happy for the club. But it's kind of like following Rovers is that you know it takes a bit of patience, doesn't it? Like you know, like fellas that you would bring along maybe to the first game, and it might be shite, but it's like kind of watching maybe like a Netflix box set or series in that you know, say like Succession or something like that. You know, you'd be watching this thing, you'd be like three or four episodes saying, and this is fucking shit. Like, but you have to have that patience to stick with it. To get, you know, you have to stick with it to get to get to the good bits. 
and the good bits are just like fucking mind blown, and like you know, not everything's going to be perfect when you go, but you need to stick with it. You need to have patience, and you know it does pay off in the end. Like you know, we might have had fucking three or four fights before that, but like that win the other night, it's just like it's just the best thing ever, you know. I suppose you go back on it, Jerry, as well from the you know the the weeks previous where everyone was down in the doldrums and just everything was negative and it was, you know, as bad as you can get, really. And then it just so quickly and so easily just flips into complete positivity and everyone's kind of buzzing again and everyone's on a high and just looking forward to the next game where everyone was dreading the game before that. Yeah. But I think it's like Rovers. I think it's like Rovers supporters, like when you think about it, probably are the most resilient people in the world. You know, like, because there are more bad days than good. And uh, in fairness, like, we always keep going. We always keep, you know, supporting the team. And um, I think, you know, if you, like, kids these days, I think the biggest lack within them is resilience, you know. And if you want to make a kid resilient, get them a super red season ticket. That'll fucking toughen them up. (laughs) (laughs) Just uh, quickly, I'll just, because I don't want to let it go. Um, for something I noticed myself as well is at the end of the game I was delighted to see it is um, Max and Barlow and I think Browning as well they made a beeline for Russell straight away at the full time whistle and uh, you know there was a big embrace between them and everything I just I think that's really positive as well to see you know that not only are the fans back in the manager but the players are back in the manager and you know everyone's in this together so they are you know and everyone's looking in the right direction so you know, I, I thought that was a big uh, plus as well. Shouldn't, yeah. shouldn't, even, shouldn't even be an issue, should it? Do you know? No, it shouldn't no. be. But just, you know, sometimes you can you can see little doubts and stuff creep into situations like that. You know, when you are getting, there is, like, there was negative stuff out there. We've seen it, we talked about it, but I just felt the players kind of answered that themselves, you know? Because even though some people say, no, oh, they mustn't be playing for Russell, you know, if they're playing badly. It's just mm. not the case at all. I think it's because well, you only played play badly in a couple of games. That's the yeah. I think it's such a tough league. You know, you get away with absolutely nothing. Like one lapse of concentration, one mistake, and you're punished again. Because we keep saying like it is ten team division. There's no real whipping boys. Like you know, if you've got a team of say talking League One in England, there's twenty four teams, right? Um, to play that many games, you can lose a few grand, but. More often than not, like there are maybe eight teams that if you're on the top half of the table, you're going to beat. But when you've got a condensed league in terms of 10 teams, there's no whipping boys, there's no easy games. You know, it just takes one lapse of concentration, one referee mistake, and that can, you know, screw the whole game up for you. And all of a sudden then you're, you know, if we lose three or four games in this league, you, you know, you go from top three, top top four to bottom four very, very quickly. So it highlights mistakes, it highlights these little things, magnifies, you know, that kind of stuff. There's no getting away from it. On the plus side of that though, Jerry, as well, is that we also know that the same is going to happen to other teams. So like Bowes, Pats, Shells, Dundalk, even Derry, like, I ain't going to throw Derry into two because they're, they're all going to lose kids as well. So we know, even though we've gone through a bit of a bad oh, run yeah. and all that yeah. kind of stuff, we're, you know what I mean? A couple of positive results, good results in a row are going to put us back into the middle of the, into the mix again, I think. So, yeah. 
But I think it's the optics of it, though, too. Do you know that kind of way? In that, if you lose, I suppose, I, I don't know if I'm making the point right, but I suppose, like, in a big league, you can afford to lose three games, and you're not going to be in the bottom three one week. Or if you win three games, you're not going to be in the top three. And it's just the optics of it, like, oh, yeah, we're tired from bottom. Yeah. Do, do you know that kind of way? Where, yeah, yeah like what you were saying, you could win a couple of games, and you're tired from top. So yeah, everybody look, will have their sticky moments, like or sticky patches. But it's, it's people who want to, people who want to be negative and want to, you know, the the I told you so brigade and all that kind of stuff. Will, oh, yeah. will, as you say, oh look, we're seventh instead of saying, oh look, we're four points off fourth. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's the whatever glass half full. Yeah, they just put a different slant. They put their own slant on it, whichever way they want. After the game against Derry, we asked for your shouts from the shed end. Don't forget, you can get them in on a WhatsApp voice note to 085-815-9767. And we can hear those now. This is Sean from America. Taking a cue from the rest of the guys on the pod and having a nice little uh, vacation. Coming to you from uh, Central Florida right now. A hot Central Florida. But what a reaction. That's the kind of reaction we were looking for. And the boys didn't let us down. Um, yeah, it, it looked a little bit rusty in certain areas, and some players were really rusty. But you can't fault the performance. The shift every single player put in was immense, and the way we controlled the game for most of that first half and then kept them out the second half was incredible um some really big performances i thought uh before he got sent off which was complete bullshit but before he got sent off i thought uh john was having an i mean it's probably his best game of the season so far uh he looks each here lately, he's, he's starting to look like he's settled in and getting back to his old self. And uh, again, stop, start, you know. Hopefully he'll come back in the same form for from whenever, how many games they give him. Because, I mean, there's no way he should have been sent off for that shit. The, the, I guess get the bad shit out of the way. Um... The injuries, mounting up, lost two center backs. Don't know how long Bulger's going to be out for, if he is. But the the main story of the, the game was the atrocious, awful refing. I mean, the way the league has been, the team's... And the players have all worked so hard to bring this league up and raise the performance levels in the games. And to, to watch that, the refs, just the way they... It, it's, it's almost like they're trying to destable the league or something. I don't know, but I mean, every single week... And most every game, there's always some kind of 
crap from the refs. And you see it a lot more even when the team's not from Dublin. I mean, we get shit all the time. But the league needs to fix that because if they could sort that out, then this league would be exceptional. Because the product is getting much better and the league is getting a lot tighter than it used to be. Now, back to the the good stuff. I thought the boys were incredible. Um, yeah, we looked a little bit rusty in the, the final third and uh, you know, probably squandered a, a few chances and, and the decision making wasn't the greatest, but we got our goal. Uh, wasn't pretty, but you don't need pretty goals. Just put them in the back of the net. And that's what we did. And then we held out with a absolutely incredible performance. I thought Nile was exceptional. You know, starting at right back and then slotting into center back. Um, Kalen, I thought he was good. You know, had a had a couple of hiccups here and there, but overall he was very, very good. The uh, the work rate from uh, David Colley was incredible. Um, Bulger before he went off, he was excellent. I mean, you can't fault the boys. You know, Russell was looking for heart and desire, and he certainly got that in spades. So, hopefully, uh, the injuries, again, won't derail us too much, and uh, we can move on and uh, hopefully see another performance like that, win or lose. So long as the performance is good, the fans will be there. Up the Rovers. Alan Kieran's here with a show from the Shed End. Well, as we know, the show from the Shed End, lads, is discussed the main topics of the Rovers matches. And as we know now, that's all about the referees. I think the football match takes place as well, some stage in it. Um, and Paul McLaughlin, I thought he was outstanding um, in the game itself. Um, he showed great restraint to hold off for a full eight minutes before producing the yellow card. And not only that, producing the yellow card, you know, I had to thank him that we were the first to get it. But to produce in front of his own local fans, um, to Niall Morhen, I think was a very brave decision. Niall couldn't believe his luck. I mean, he was emotional. You could see him. He was holding his head. He was waving his arms. He was he was thanking him. And um, really, that got us on the score count. One ahead of Derry. And Derry never liked that. You know, why why didn't they get the first? They were probably saying to themselves. Um, for Niall, the emotion took over. Um, I was just hoping that it didn't ruin the rest of the game, that he could, you know, control himself and keep his emotion intact, which he did, and fair play to him. So, one up on the car count. Um, and then, Derry, being Derry, wanted to even it up. they done their best to send out a hit squad on, on Caelan Barlow. And, look, he had to fail for Paul McLaughlin. Derry left him with no choice. He had to produce a yellow. There we go then. You know, one all on the car count. Um, I thought then at that stage, you know, could it be Aaron Knight? Could we get, you know, the big red? Could we be the first to get it? You know, third from Bonneville and first from top. Could we be a winner? I thought the chance of going with the yellow tackle, Bulger. You know, it was a perfect tackle. Over the ball, two feet in the air, out of control. In the Greg's game. I didn't think there's anything wrong with it. I thought, look, the opportunity's passed now. He's looking going to pull out the right card and that's it. But no, no, no. Another referee would have bottled it. Um... He took his time and decided, no, he'd only get a yellow. 
So I thought, right, he's going to do us a favour here. Himself and John had a conversation, you know, gentleman that he is. He offered John the chance to take a yellow to even things up. So at that stage, it's 2-2. So that's fantastic. Look at lads, we still have a chance for that red, I thought. Could be our night. Um, then after that, John got the ball and he thought he joined the attack. And, you know, thought she, it wasn't his place to be up there. So McLaughlin was in line with him. He saw the opportunity. He's been working on it in training hard, you know, so he's perfected the art of tackling himself. And he got the chance here and he threw himself to the ground. And he afforded Paul the chance to produce that red for us, the big red. True to form, you know, um, Paul produced the red. And he offered John the chance, a gentleman, he offered him a chance to get down the tunnel early and get an early shower. And he took it. And Rory Higgins was raging, you know. Even John had words with him. Some of the stances, Higgins was raging and said, no, we should have been the first to get the red. But no, Paul McLaughlin, being Paul, thanks to him, he gave us the red. And uh, we went ahead in the car count. I think we held on as well. And we got, I think we might have got... Four cards and they got three, but you know we won. We won on the night, but we also won on the uh, card count as well. And Derry never liked losing. So look, lads, anyone who wasn't there to witness it, the, the game itself. I know you might have been raging, but um, I guarantee you, I promise you, if you come up to the Sham Games, you'll get a similar level of shit house refereeing, or better, or better. I can guarantee you that. So come along to the to the game against Shams, and hopefully you'll witness the same shit show again. And Friday night, you've been guaranteed one thing. Someone's going to win, someone's going to lose, someone's going to draw. But it's going to be all about the referee. And we'll be back here next week talking about it again. Up the better head. Yes, lads. Donald here from sunny South Italy uh, with my show from the shed end. Um, well, what do you say? I called out Paul McLaughlin a couple of weeks ago. People were kind of saying, oh, this fella's always on about the fucking refs. But, like, I think... Like it's case closed, he's an absolute. There's no two ways about it, and he should not be let inside the gates of the showgrounds again. Now, I say that about 90% of the refs, but like he's particularly bad. Anyway, enough about him. Uh, but just with a sorry, with one caveat. Um, like John Mahan should not be missing the next game, you know. It's ridiculous. It's perverse that John Mahan is mixing, missing the next game. And also, your man Diallo, straight red. He could have ended Greg Budger's career on on Saturday night. Like, genuinely, feet in front of the referee. And he had the yellow card out before he even thought about anything. That people said, oh, he took his time. He had the yellow card out straight away. It was ridiculous. And then he gave John Mahan a yellow for giving out. Like... How can you even compare the two of those decisions, or the two of those offences, I should say? It's absolutely scandalous. And uh, I hope that like that, that that something is done about him and the standard of the referee in, in, in the league in general, because I just think like referees come up to the side rovers, they come up to the showgrounds, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we don't want to be here, so like let's try and relegate them. And uh, then we won't have to travel from Dublin or Derry or wherever to to Sligo on a Saturday evening. There's genuinely seems to be like a, a chip in the shoulder against Sligo Rovers by the, the, the officials that are currently refereeing games in the League of Ireland. That's my personal opinion. And I think performances, if you want to call that, like what uh, Mr McLaughlin gave against us 
on Saturday night vindicates my my strongly held belief that the referees are out to get us. Now, that's it. Over with the referees. John Russell got absolutely everything 110% spot on on Saturday night. He demanded and he needed big performances from big players, from leaders in the squad, and he got that. Uh, from Greg Bulger, from David Cawley, that, um, from Keelan Barrow, from everybody, in fairness, the every first, uh, every team, that every player that he picked in the first 11, uh, they gave him everything. And also, as somebody that I was critical of the other week there, um, our goalkeeper, Luke McNicholas, was absolutely fantastic as well. Now, they were brilliant. Massive three points and dug in and like really put everything to get us to get us three points. And that was fantastic. But that's like that that's one game. And as the saying goes, one swallow doesn't make a summer. So it's okay doing it once, but you need to do it again on Friday night, again on Monday night, again the following Saturday night or Friday, whatever it is. It's it's consistency, and just find a way in these games and find a, a consistency in our performances and find the consistency in the results, lads. You're you're doing us all proud, but just keep it going and just learn from the the the, the rough ride that you've had so far. Anyway, love Sagar Rovers. I'm over here. I'm educating the people of South Italy about how great the bit of red air, and uh, I think we'll have a fan club down here we'll have to go out and visit <laughs> sometime soon up the rovers on the lads fingers crossed for the next couple of games that's your shouts from the shed in don't forget you can get them in after Friday night's game against Bose and on Monday's game against Shams at the showgrounds on a whatsapp voice note to 085 815 9767 or on email to podcast at b-o-r-s-t dot i-e Beer scorecast time now. David McGee has informed me we have two winners from the 1-0 win against Derry at the showgrounds on Saturday. Well done to Jason Murtha and John Doyle. A case of the White Hag is coming your way, lads. We'll have four more cases this weekend. Two for Friday's game against Bowes and two for the Shams game at home on Monday. Jerry, you want to bring us a bit of news about Ireland's biggest beer festival? Yeah, so... um... White Hag, our uh, show sponsors, um, brilliant show sponsors that give out cases and cases of beer every week for beer scorecast or uh, shouts from the shed end. So, um, yeah, they have uh, Ireland's biggest beer festival. Uh, look, as everybody knows, it's called Extravaganza. So, Extravaganza 2023 is on August the 12th. Um, and they have breweries from all over the world coming to the, the brewery over in Ballymote. Um, there's breweries from California, Hawaii, Germany, England, Ireland, all over. Um, and there's going to be 80 plus beers to, on, that'll be pouring to choose from. And a lot of them are, I think all of them are the first time that they will be pouring in, in Ireland. So, um, yeah. So it should be an unbelievable weekend. Um, I said it's on the August twelfth of August. There'll be a train in and out from the from the town as well. So it's before and after the gigs. So, um, I think I'm going to head out to it myself this year. 
um, and uh, taking a few beers, a bit of uh, Irish uh, food and live music and all that. So it's 35 quid. So um, just if anybody is thinking about it, I encourage them to get the tickets pretty early because um, every year this completely sells out and uh, it's some occasions. So, yeah. So fair juice to the lads at, at, at Bob and all the lads at, at White Hag. And it sure be a huge success again. So happy days. Right, lads, we'll look ahead now to the Van Calder weekend. Two games ahead, one away from home, one at home. Jerry, I suppose, start with Friday night away to away to Bowes and I suppose it's 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 a tough fixture. Yeah, it's um really, really tough fixture going up there. Um I'm just a little bit concerned um in that, you know, Mahan is suspended and Bulger, you'd imagine will won't be fit to play the game. So I know like uh Donald was saying in his shout that, you know, one uh one swallow doesn't make a summer. Um and that's where I'd be kinda of worried that you know, we have got that win under our belt. We dug in, we fought hard for it. Um, and you would love to see the same starting level going into the next game. Uh, we don't have a big squad at the moment. I mean, you take those two key players out of the centre of the, the spine of the team and just to be a little bit concerned. And I suppose the frustrating part, uh, not to go back to the Derry game, is that, uh, is that Diallo will be playing for Derry against whoever they're playing, but we'll be missing two players. And Derry have a lot bigger squad than what we have. So it's going to probably hit us hard, especially with two back-to-back fixtures. And that's not to say I don't think that we can get something from the game. I definitely think we can, but it is a it is a little bit harder. And that's the sore thing coming out of the the Derry game is that we're down two crucial crucial players. Well, I suppose we we've seen so who comes in, and you mentioned the first goal is crucial, but it's yeah the. Who comes in is is the is the question really? You know, if Budger's not there, it's, is it Browning? Is it? I think it has to be Browning, doesn't it? Um, I think he's totally done very very well when he came on the other night. Didn't put a foot wrong. Um, yeah, so I think he can start there. But the the bigger the elephant in the room was like, who's going to play at centre centre half? Like as far as I can see, all our centre halves are are out, and even like you know, from, you know, Gary Boylan was kind of that type of player where he was signed at the start of the season that he could fit in anywhere across the back and he'd be an ideal man to slot in at the centre-back. But we don't even have him. Like, So, I was, like, I don't know. I don't know what the rest of you think. Like, who who is going to play centre-half? I don't know. But, like, even even the other day, you know, as we were on about earlier, Niall's performance when he was in centre-half. But sure, we have no bulger, so Niall has to be the midfield, more than likely. So, like, it's... These are the... You know, this, like, Guys, I really look forward to away to Bowes, away to Shams, with the players we have and the big open pitches that you get in Daly Mountain, Tala, and up in the Brandywell and stuff. But this weekend is a different story, I think, with just the the amount of bodies we'd be down. Uh, and I think it'd be very difficult to get anything. And um, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be going losing me shit over. I know Donald will his one swallows making summer and stuff, but I think. Uh, this Friday night, definitely. Anyway, we probably have to just take and make an exception that we we might just it might just be a, a a bridge too far with the amount of players that we're missing. Coming into that same point, I've been making for a long time now as well this season is that like 
the amount of upheaval in the starting eleven is just insane. Like, you know, we'll, we're never getting a chance to put the the same starting eleven together for two or three games on the trot. Like, and it's it causes issues. I don't care what anyone says. It does. You know, you're trying to get a bit of team structure and that going together. And if you keep making having to make changes and enforce changes, like they're not Russell making tactical changes or anything. Like it's always injuries or suspensions. It's a pain in the hole. And like like that as well as I agree with you. Like going up here now, like this is gonna be a tough game. Like they're desperate for a win as well. They haven't won in four either. You know, so we're going in there with a lot more positivity than them. And like if we got if we were able to win now with the same lineup as the last night, I, I would have put us down for the win to be honest with you. But yeah. Like even now with with the supposed injuries and that that we're probably going into the game with like I'd bite your hand off for a draw. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, um, their 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 home form is very poor as well. So like it would have been an ideal opportunity for us. So who do you think you play centre back? Lafferty, and Lafferty and Nando. Nando could be fit though, shouldn't he? Nando could be fit, yeah, and it'll probably be it'll probably be Lafferty and Nando. But what's the story of Finnerty? He um he was to see a specialist on Monday, so I don't know how that went. He's yeah, gone, gone, yeah, one game out of eighteen. It's very disappointing. Look, I'm sure he's got it himself. Um, but or brilliant singing. Ah, uh, look, it's not his fault. Just not. Um, yeah, but that's another one to add to the long term injury list. Like this, what we've got six centre halves. We might have one fit. It's just yeah. like fucking mental stuff. Like it's one, like it's, it's one thing when your first teamers are in, but when your cover players are out injured, it's madness. Like, yeah. like Gary Boylan, Boylan didn't play a game at all. Finnerty played one game, and they both missed the whole season practically. Yeah. And and it's just, it's in my opinion it's a six pointer as well because I just feel like you know. We still have. I still feel that we have a great chance of getting Europe, um, and obviously goals have points on the board. And I think when it comes to the end of the season, that it's going to be there. We're going to be in around each other. Uh, they've already beaten us once, so I think I'd like to say it's crucial that we don't lose to to Bose on uh, Friday night. But there's no point saying crucial when you don't even know who's going to be playing or anything like that, which is, again is a bit annoying, a bit frustrating. So. In that regard, I'd love to, for us to get a draw so they don't get any further ahead of us. And, you know, maybe when we get into the mid-season break, even though it's only one round of fixtures, that couple of weeks, you know, might just give us the, the breather to get a few bodies back on board. And soon after that, then you have the July transfer window and hopefully we've got one or two lined up there. Uh, and it might be similar to this season where, you know, after the, the, the mid-season break or the July window, uh, under Buckley, we kicked on and we went on a great run. So that's what I'm kind of hoping for, and I think it's definitely achievable. And with Jerry, and I, I do hundred everything you've just said there, I'd agree with one hundred percent. And I think even in regards to Bose, they're the catchable ones. Yeah. Because I think if you can pull them in on Friday night, even with a draw, even with a draw, I think you'll start putting a little bit of unrest in their team and fan base because that'll be it. That'll be. It'll go back to what you were just both on about earlier on in regards to with it being such a congested league in terms of the ten teams. 
that when you put a run of five games and no win together, people start getting antsy. People start getting worried. And like, especially with Declan Devine, like his teams are built off positive morale and, you know, the real gung-ho and everything's, you know, challenged in right positive fashion. Not not saying he's a terrible manager now. I don't rate him too highly, but I think everything has to be going perfectly for him for it to go well, whereas other managers can tinker with stuff and they can turn it around. Whereas we've seen with, in the past with him with Derry, like when it starts going bad, it goes really bad really quickly. The art, yeah, the arse falls out of it. Yeah, so I think that's what could happen with Bowes here. And if you got a draw or even if you got the win, I think you'd see this the tide really starting to turn for them and you could you could really drag them back in and they'd be the ones I'd be looking to catch because I definitely believe Pats and Dundalk are both going to drop loads of points through from here to the end of the season because I think even Pats are in a worse situation than us in terms of defenders. I think they've only one fit defender at the moment. Mm. And then another game on Monday night, lads, the Hunter Shams, so... I suppose it was, you know, it's... I suppose by by the time that rolls around, Ronan will probably have the nineteens playing. Well, that's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> play the kids. Get the boots on, boy. <laughs> Emma Dardy be up front. Yeah, I, I back her to score a few. Yeah, but uh, yeah, God knows it's um, it's hard to even think about that, Jess. Um, but look, it's a great game for a band called the Monday, isn't it? You know. Uh, I think it's a six o'clock kickoff, so hopefully I presume they'll have a, a good travelling crowd with them, and hopefully we have we'll have a good home crowd. And like I think anybody who was at the game there the last night against uh, Derry will be, you know, uh, slobbering at the jaws to get back to the next game because that was just you know that's as a football fan that's that's the stuff you you want to inject into your veins like. It's a big one, so it's always a big one with Shams to come. So, you know, I think as Jerry says there, like a big crowd in the showgrounds again on the bank call on Monday. You know, and it's due to be a great evening as well. So, you know, weather-wise, so that'll drag a few more out even. So, look, hopefully it just, it depends, I suppose, the Bulls result will play a big part in it as well. If you get a positive result up there, the place will be hopping. And there's no better night for it than that. There's not. So, look, again, even for that one, Bite your hand off for a draw. And if we were to give uh, how many points from the two games from Terry yourself, Terry? Oh, God, it's hard to know. Even trying to, it's just, it's, even trying to be positive, it's like kind of, I don't know, like, like my head is kind of saying zero points. Just because we're so. It's not anything got to do with performance or it's not anything got to do with tactics or anything like that at all. Or, or It's just, I. it's hard to pick a team. Like, like I asked the question twice, who do you play at centre-half? And the boys were just completely stumped. You know, like, yeah. We don't know if, we're hoping that Nando will be back. We're, you know, Lafferty would have to slot in as a centre-back. Like, in fairness, look, he's a left-sided He's a left back or a left side midfielder, like, um, or more him might be playing centre back. It's just, yeah. So I don't know. I'm struggling to, struggling to to, to... look. Anything we get, I think, is going to be a bonus. Magoo. Um, 
Seven, Roland. I think we'll get seven points. <laughs> we'll, we'll be that good. They'll give, us a, they'll, they'll give us an extra point. Um, I oh, um, three points out of the two games. Don't ask me which one. Sean, I'm going to say two because I'm going to look at it as a collective of three and say if we got if someone says to you before the Derry game you'll take five points from your next three games, we'd be we'd be fucking delighted. So I'm going to say two out of these two coming up will be will be very good return. Very good. I was going to say three myself. Don't know where. But it's going to happen, I think. Oh. Actually, four. Four. We'll draw away and we'll be a chance at home. Fuck it. Very good. Fuck. Thank you, Jerry. Cheers, running up the Rovers. Cheers, Magoo. Cheers, boys. And Ciao. Cheers, lads. Thousands of Sligo people. I was proud. I went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilali. North. They're looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. One, one. It's brilliant! 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 Here comes Quigley. And it's there! It's Slugger over three. St. Patrick's Athletic 2. And that could be the decisive moment in the title race. We will never forget this day.